this is the first year's question for you. You're not the first Patty Ryan to play for USA Eagles. Are you upset by this? And is it your only goal is to outperform all other Patty Ryans? <laughs> yeah, I. It, it's quite funny, really. I, um, I don't know if it's happened with other people's names, but it seems like there's quite a few Patty Ryans. Hey, listener, thank you so much for tuning in to this replay of U.S. Rugby Happy Hour Live. This is the second half of the show with a new guest awaiting. If you haven't done so already, be sure to listen to the first half, too. And give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram at Eagles Overseas and Rugby Morning for updates on future shows and news about USA Rugby. Also, please like, subscribe, and follow, and leave us a five-star review. That helps get these shows in front of more and more listeners. Now, on to our next guest. Hopefully Patty can hear him. Bill, yeah. can hear you. Take it away. All right. Let's see yeah, what happens Thank you guys. Appreciate it. it. And, uh, can you guys give all the hard questions to Patty? Um, he's got a lot of <laughs> thought-provoking answers and uh, just wants to you know, express that to you guys. So all the, all the tough ones, uh, give it to him. Thank you, guys. Of course. Thanks, Dave. I'll see you later after this. <laughs> Patty, can you hear, Patty, can you hear my lovely voice? Yeah, I hear you loud and clear. Can you hear me? Yeah, so you're the only okay. one that matters because David could not hear me for some reason. So uh, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to ask the tough questions. So, you I know, think he chose to ignore you, though. I think he told me he put you on mute. <laughs> I think he did. I think he did. Don't do this, Patty. Don't do this. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so listen, our guest right now, obviously we're talking to him right now, Patty Ryan, uh, I got, this is the first serious question for you. You're not the first Patty Ryan to play for USA Eagles. Are you upset by this? And is it your only goal is to outperform all other Patty Ryans? <laughs> yeah, I, it, it's quite funny, really. I, um, I don't know if it's happened with other people's names, but it seems like there's quite a few Patty Ryans. Um, and they all play for and they all play for America as well, which is which is obviously good. Um, it would get quite confusing if there was if everyone was still here at the same time. But I do hear some good stories from uh, Luke Carty on one of the other Paddy Ryan's mm. who's in uh, Chicago at the moment as well. So yeah, he yeah. tells me a lot about him as well. Uh, no switching positions. I, I don't think you want to play tie head. I'm assuming. <laughs> Uh, no, that, that's not where I want to end up. Uh, um, I'm quite happy in the back row. We'll, we'll stick to there. I think yeah. yeah, that's the place you want to be. Oh, well, Patty, listen, uh, you're relatively new to USA Rugby. Uh, you know, tell us a bit about yourself. You know, where are you from? Uh, do you like walks in the park, holding hands? Do you routinely <laughs> sing Irish limericks in the clubhouse? <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right, so I'll, I'll start off. So I started off in, uh, I'm from Kildare, uh, Ireland. Um, and I was maybe from the age of four or five in my local club uh, called Kildare Rugby Club. Um, so I played there up until I was about 12. And then I went to a school called Newbridge College. Um, that's where I started taking rugby more seriously. You, you train um, four days a week. You got a game on a Wednesday. It, it was really really exciting place and a great place to develop. So I, I played there for... Um, for five years so you have a, a big year in junior cup year it's hmm. called um and i um yeah was captain of our junior cup team then so that that was quite exciting and then after that then i spent three years playing um senior cup rugby which are your last three years in school um we did quite well to be fair we got to semi-final replay we were disappointed uh not to yeah. go further but that, that that's a that's a long time ago now it seems um, and then along the way, then I played uh, Leinster underage rugby from Leinster under 17s, 18s, 19s, 
Um, and then it was at that point when I was finishing school, I was wondering what, what's next for me because I, I didn't get any opportunities with Leinster, Leinster Academy. So I was like, what, what do I do next sort of thing? Um, so then I was sort of like, well, there's only four provinces in Ireland. So that's mm. when I had an opportunity to go to uh, Ulster Sub-Academy for um, Ulster Sub-Academy. But in Ireland, it's Ulster, the Sub-Academy is the year before a full contract, full academy contract. Mm. Um so, so, yeah, the year before, a full academy contract. So I went up there. You don't have a contract, but you train like a professional every day. Um, and then you hope that you um, do well enough that you get a contract the following year. But at the same time, then, I started up in Ulster for about four or five days, and I got an offer from Northampton Saints um, to join their academy. And I thought, well, it's something different. It's a, it's a fully professional rugby contract. It's a great opportunity. So I thought, well, you know, what? I'm just gonna take it. Um, it, it was the be- the best opportunity I, I had at that time. And I thought, well, this this is the the best thing I could do. So I took that, um, got the contract on a Wednesday, and then uh, then was over in Northampton on on the Friday, ready to ready to jump in. So then I spent um, two and a half years in Northampton. My time there was um, was really good. I learned a lot. There's so many great players mm. there at the time um, to learn from. Corbus Reinach was there, Ben Foden, Christian Day, oh, yeah. um, Rob Horn, all, all, all great international rugby players to learn from. And as an 18-year-old kid, it's the, the best thing you can do is surround <laughs> yourself by these um top top players and that's how you sort of get better um so then at northampton though i suffered an acl injury in my second year there in the academy so i did my acl mcl um microfracture oh. two meniscus so i did i did i did a full job there which is not ideal as it, you as got it all con- you got yeah, the grand slam con- of knee injuries <laughs> uh-huh yeah it's, it's not it's not a prize you want so um, <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, after that, then I rehabbed up, um, and that was right around contract time. So then I didn't get a renewal there. So uh. then it was like, it was time to um, see what's the next step. So I moved to to Cornwall to Cornish Pirates. Um, I spent uh, two seasons there. One one season was just as COVID hit, which was so frustrating because I'd been out mm. for nine months. I come back in December, and then uh, COVID hits in at the start of March, and that was the end of the season. Then, so I wasn't back for very long, um, <laughs> and then COVID hit. And then after that second season, then I moved to Amstel, where I played uh, regularly. It's my first proper time playing regular men's mm. rugby week in week out and I played close to 50 games in in two seasons which is which is what you want as a young player it's the main thing is to play so I had loan spells along the way at, um national national two teams national one teams um and then then in the championship then so you sort of work your way up and um yeah your first taste of men's rugby is completely different to a uh, schoolboy rugby um and then, yeah, after those games, then in the summer, then I joined Coventry Rugby Club, um, which was which is really exciting, uh, and that's where I'm at currently. So that sort of takes us up to where we are here today. <laughs> that was quite the that was quite the journey there. I, I just I just ran off and got some coffee and. Uh... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, that's not... great. We you, you've many different levels there, uh, but other so come to this side of the pond for a second other than your name being patty ryan which automatically means you have american roots uh <laughs> how do you qualify for the uh, u.s eagles 
Yeah, so my mum was born in uh, Boston. Well, she's she's listening there. <laughs> I'm I'm right. I'm just north of Boston. Tell her come visit me. <laughs> yeah, she she was born in uh, Dedham, I think, in uh, in Boston, and uh, she lived there till she was fourteen. Uh, she can correct me if I'm wrong. I hope I'm getting it right. She lived there till yeah. she was fourteen, and then her family moved back to Ireland, um, and then she spent time there every summer growing up. Then as well, uh, so she was always back and forth. Um, I still have uncles and aunties and cousins who live over over in Boston and in New York. So I still have lots of lots of relatives like that. So yeah, yeah qualified through my mum. Penny, I want to talk a little bit more about the journey to where you are now. Literally, the for playing with the the, the men's Eagles here. I heard it started on LinkedIn. Did you? Yeah. Did you did you slide into someone's DMs on LinkedIn? I've never heard of that. <laughs> Yeah, that, that's right. Yes, yeah. So it was. Uh, I think it was back in May when the original um, 2023 EPS squad came out, and I and it came out, and you see the full squad list, and you think, oh, you kind of it'd be great if you were there someday, sort of thing. But how, how do you sort of get there? Um, is a question, and I'd sort of been asking my sort of agent to see, see what what are the options? How how do I get in contact with someone and and no, nothing came of it. And then um, with that announcement was that uh, Nick Easter was going to be um, the forwards coach for uh, the US Eagles for the upcoming summer tour. Or, yeah, the upcoming summer tour at that stage. So I, I thought, well, you know what, why not just reach out to someone? So I do a bit of software sales alongside my rugby. So I use my sort of uh, my, tech, my, my, my uh, LinkedIn search skills to go find him uh, and... <laughs> And drop him a message. So I just said something like, um, I am Paddy. Um, I'm a flanker, play back row for uh, Amtel at the time. Um, this is what I, I do. And I was just wondering if we could get in contact to just see if I could speak to someone who would be able to put me in the right direction and get on the radar for the Eagles for the sort of coming years. I didn't really expect much of it. I just wanted to have a conversation really at the time and, and get in the picture because... If they don't know who you are um, at the time, you, they're not going to know. So you got to reach mm-hmm. out and just just grab it and see see what happens for it. The worst is gonna they're going to say is no. So I just said, well, why not? I'll reach out. So then uh, Nick and myself exchanged a few messages, and then it went went it went quiet for a while, um, and I wasn't really. I thought, well, nothing ventured, well, nothing getting, nothing. Not ventured, nothing lost, or some, some. What's the saying? Something like, something like that, that, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, you, you know <laughs> what I mean. Um, so, so yeah, it went quiet, and then um, all of a sudden, there one night I woke up to a message at five o'clock. Scott Lawrence, I didn't have his number or anything like that, and it just some American number popped up and said, <laughs> "I'm Scott Lawrence, hey, hey, coach of US USA Eagles. Uh, would you be interested in a, in a in a call at some stage?" And I thought, well, yeah. <laughs> I was, yeah. I was shocked. I, I couldn't really believe it. It's not really a message that you wake up to uh, very often or you think well, that'll ever happen. So then that day, then I arranged a call with uh, with Scott and he gave me this sort of overview of the US Eagles, their their mission, their values, what they stand for um, and where we want to go in, in the future sort of thing. And it was really exciting. It was great to be able to sit in front of him and um and I didn't really think much would happen from it but I was just grateful that I had the opportunity to speak to him and then at the end of the call he said 
would you be interested? Is this something you'd want to do? Would you want to be become an eagle? And I said, oh, mm. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I bloody love this sort of thing, you know. Um, <laughs> yeah, who, who in the right mind is going to turn that down? Um, so I said I, I'd love to, and he said, well, yeah, I'm glad glad to hear you'd you, you you'd like to become an eagle sort of thing. Uh, we got an upcoming tour against Georgia, Romania, and Portugal. Um, if this uh, the team's not been picked or anything yet, but I'm glad glad to hear that you'd like your sort of you put your cap in the ring sort of thing that you'd you consider it uh, if you're picked. Um, so then it was a long old way. It was like uh, two weeks from that call, and yeah. then I got the call from Scott um, to say I've been picked uh, for the upcoming tour, and I was just so excited. I couldn't couldn't really <laughs> believe it. Um, it's something when when you think back to your younger days that. You never you you want to be an international rugby player, but you never really. I don't know if you ever fully believe it until it actually happens. And I didn't even when I was in North Carolina. I didn't believe it until after that um, first game against Romania in the summer. That wow, I've just become a just become an eagle. Yeah. Hey, Patty, so, let me jump. Let me jump in real quick. You just talked about camping in, in in Charlotte. I was reading that. You, when you were making that trip from Europe over, you nearly missed the beginning of camp because of connecting flights out of New York. But then what's, what cracked me up is the people I know who live in Ireland consider an East Coast to West Coast trip in Ireland a day trip. You hopped in a car. You rented a car and drove from New York to Charlotte. That's 10 plus hours. How did you handle that? <laughs> yeah, so so what what happened was um, Nick was Nick Easter was on um, the same hmm. flight as me. We were both flying from Heathrow. Um, and whatever happened, we got booked on a flight that wasn't direct. There's, there are direct flights, but whatever happened, we got on a on a connected flight. So we flew from Heathrow to New York, um, and then when when we were on the plane, yeah, I had some internet, and I and I looked at my phone and realized, oh, our connected flight is cancelled here. What are we gonna do? Um, yeah. So we land we landed in New York and. Um, uh, there, I think there was a storm in New York and Washington around those areas at the time. Uh, so there was travel chaos. So <laughs> then there, there was no no other connecting flights that day. Um, so then it was Nick and I, and we, we, we were speaking to the team manager, and the team manager said, all right, we'll, we'll put you up in New York tonight, uh, make your way into the city and stay overnight, and we'll re- your, your rescheduled flight will be at... Uh, I think it was two o'clock in the day to Charlotte. Um, so then Nick and I went into uh, into the sea. It was a nice little trip into New York. <laughs> you didn't expect it. You're thinking you're going to be in Charlotte when you left that morning. So we ended up in New York and we saw some some of the sights together. We went there for dinner. So we got to, we got to know each other pretty quickly. Uh, I'd not met Nick before, so uh, it was wow. it was a funny one. So the next morning we woke up then and um, same thing, the flight had been cancelled again. So we're like, what are we going to do here? Um, we, <laughs> we're stuck and uh, the camp is beginning the next day. So then um, we're on to the team manager again and the only option for us is to get a train from uh, New York to Washington and then get a flight from Washington to um, Washington to Radley. Rally and then rally to Charlotte. So oh. it was, it was, 
it was going to be a nightmare day. So we got to Washington and we got on our first, we spent the day in Washington. We saw some of the sights. Um, I wasn't expecting it. It was my first time in Washington. Um, but it was a lovely place. Um, and we saw the Congress building there and we just walked around and we had, we had a good, good day out. And then we got to rally and then the next flight was cancelled and it was like, eight o'clock at night at this stage when we had to be in the next day so then in the end nick and i we rented a car and we drove them from uh rally to charlotte then so that was only about that that was only two and a half hours in the end but um 48 hours of traveling later we finally arrived in charlotte and then we're in in for training on your first day uh it was not not the best prep but i was just glad to be there Well, well, Patty, I live in Washington, D.C., so next time you're in town, I'll show you the best Irish pub or two or three we can go to and have a pint. <laughs> but uh, um, I'd love that. If, if it was a, a nice planned visit, would be good instead of having to go through, <laughs> go through all, all the different uh, flights and trains and planes and all sorts. A planned visit oh. would be good. I want to talk a little bit about your debut against Romania. Talk about a dream debut, right? A win, and you scored a, you dotted down and scored a try. How'd that feel? Yeah, it was, it was like, it was surreal. Like you, you couldn't really believe it. Um, before you knew, you're in a in a in a test match, and it felt like everything went like a dream that day. To be fair, like as as a team, uh, we all played so well because it was a completely new squad. We're trying to play a new way of rugby. Um, we're building new connections, and what it, we just turned up and we played really well that day together as a team and we executed all our, our set piece moves we were dominant in defence um, our line and scrum and more went really well um, and then yeah I was lucky that day I got on the end end, end of uh, one of our mall plays um, and I dotted down on, on my debut scored a try um, but I wasn't really worried about scoring a try there I was just so it was just so so happy and so grateful to sort of get the opportunity to play. So someone uh, very special is singing right now also, our, our friend uh, Paul Mullen. I understand you roomed with Paul during this tour. Uh, how was that? And we're going to mute him so he can't get up here and rebut what you say. Uh, how was that rooming with him? And also, did he invite you to the islands and offer you a free bike rental? <laughs> oh, did, did he offer you that before? No, no. Oh, we got to talk. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you have the opportunity to ask him here now. Um, oh, Paul is... <laughs> Paul was a, a, a great roommate when I when we rocked up at 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock on that first night in uh, Charlotte. He came out, he was still awake, he came out and met me, he was chatting to me and made me feel welcome straight away. Um, nice. you, couldn't, you couldn't have asked for a, a nicer person to room with for five weeks, you think. Um, never met this person before, but now we're together for five weeks. About two foot apart in some of the beds in Romania and Portugal, we got to know each other pretty quickly. Um, <laughs> and we we got on we got on really well together, and we had some good crack. Um, we we had we drank some Barry's tea, which is some Irish tea together, and we we just did a lot together. And it was nice to have a sort of um, someone so friendly and so welcoming mm-hmm. um, that made you feel at ease because obviously he's, he's an experienced player which is great as a sort of a rookie coming in and no caps and you know you just want to make sure you're doing everything right he was he was a great person to learn from um, and sort of show you the ropes um, I, I, I do wish he was here now I've got a new new roommate <laughs> for this tour uh, Alex Mourne 
and and he's no. a snorer. <laughs> he, he's a proper snorer. He's kept me up the last two nights, and Paulie oh, wasn't like that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you know, actually, you know what's what's kind of interesting to me. You left camp last week to join Coventry, um, played about twenty seven minutes, and then right back to USA camp. Uh, were you hoping to get maybe a few extra minutes? Or was that just kind of like a nice, nice little game time to get you ready for this weekend? Um, so I've been playing um, like every week, really. I, I know you've been sort of following along, which I really appreciate. Um, of I've been getting, I've been getting loads of minutes, almost, almost eight yeah. every week. Um, which is great as a rugby player. That's that's what you want. Um, so just with the way the world rugby uh, regulations work is you're allowed to be released for an alignment camp um, if you're uh, a player based overseas, uh, and you're, which is outside of the window in preparation for the test window. Um, so I was allowed to be released for, for three days, so that gave me the opportunity. I played on the Saturday, uh, against who did we play that first day? We played against Coldy that weekend. Yeah, um, we won. I played eighty minutes in that, and then I was straight into camp. Then I left on the Sunday, and I was straight in into the into camp on Sunday, and spent three days then uh, in Alicante with the team and just preparing, which was which is great to be able to be involved um, in that. And then I knew before before I came that. My my coach at Coventry um, said, "We well, you've been away, so what we'll do is we'll sort of obviously prioritise the guys that have been here and, and have been training all week and learning the line-out calls and um, just just have been training and preparing to play against uh, Amtel that weekend, which yeah. which was completely fair. So, um, yeah, I was... I was I was supposed to be travelling reserve that weekend, just just there in case of an injury, and it turned out in training. Then there was an injury on the Thursday, so I was I was drafted in and I was ready to play against my old team. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it was great. I always like playing. It's nice to stay involved because uh, when when you when you leave for these, you miss out on some games on your club, and you you want to you right. want to be playing every game you possibly can. So it was another opportunity to get some minutes. So got half an hour against Amtel. Although I was pretty disappointed to lose against my old team, I have to, right. I have, right. I have to say um, it was a tough game and Amto played really well um, against us. So you got to give it to them. And then on Sunday, then I, I flew back out and met the team in Alicante again. And then we're ready for test week. Well, let's talk about that. Let's talk about the team right now preparing for Spain, um, Brazil, yeah, Canada as well, possibly one of those two. Uh, how are preps going? Uh, and is there anything you're doing specifically for this weekend's match? Um, for it's, so first thing is it's been great to get out here for as a team. We mm. had one first week of just prep, prep, preparation and getting um, getting fitness up and getting contact into our bodies because uh, a lot of the players, obviously the MLR season isn't on, so they have to keep keep fit, um, keep their bodies um, ready for contact. So that gave us a really good sort of uh, platform last week to sort of um, get some tough, hard training sessions into our legs, start working on our sort of line-outs, um, our set-piece moves. And that gave us a great advantage in the in the first week if we put, put some really good hard work in. In terms of preparing for Brazil, we've had the first three days this week of training. Um, and we're not really focused on... It's not about who we're playing, really. We all, we obviously mm. do our analysis on the opposition. But uh, as I'm sure you're probably aware, and 
in, in the summer tours. We weren't, we weren't worried about the outcome. It was more about us building our game and how we want to play. Because obviously we brought in this new game plan. We want to play free. We want to play fast. We want to play on top of teams. We want to, we want to play an exciting brand of rugby. Um, but that takes time to build. So each, each test match, you want to build on the last one. So obviously... Uh, we finished against Georgia, which was um, which was a really good test match for us. They're a top right. top team, and we're we're really proud of our performance in that game. So what we're looking to do now is build on on our scrum, on our on our lineup, and then also our, our set plays as well, um, and just keep keep building on that each week, um, and beat Brazil, and hopefully then play against either Spain or Canada in in a in a chance to win some silverware, which would be great to finish the year. And we talk, well, you see many times like difference between tier ones, tier two nations, but I feel that tier twos, including our side, um, have some issues with the last 30 minutes of a match. I don't think it's, it's, I don't think it's uh, conditioning, whatever else you have probably amazing shape, but is that an issue? Is it something that's being addressed at least with, with the USA side? Uh, if it's not fitness, then, then what is it? Um, that's probably a good question. I, I suppose in the, in the world cup, um, if you're looking between the tier two and the tier one nations, for for say, um, I think it's just the the constant test matches that the tier one teams are getting. So if you look at England, they played 16 test matches last year compared mm-hmm. to compared to us, we're only going to play five at the end of this year. Um, so as you imagine, their players are test match conditioned, and it's completely different to playing against um, your your. For your club team or playing against um, just in your local competitions, um, the level and the intensity of the games are, are way up there. Um, what what it also says that the the pressure that the tier one teams are able to apply um, constantly putting you under pressure and pressure and pressure, you're having to make lots and lots of tackles. Um, they don't make as many mistakes. Um, just from their combinations and just from playing with each other week in, week out or playing regularly with each other, it makes a big difference when it comes to, say, the last 30 minutes. Mm. But I, I would say it's not something that worries us. We're not, we're, we don't say, oh, we're, we're going to fade in the last 30 minutes because we're a Tier 2 team. Right. Um, we We work on our conditioning every week. We work on applying pressure, um, not making mistakes when we can. Obviously, uh, when you put pressure on teams, you they make the mistakes and you stay on top of them when, when it happens. So we work on that. And obviously, you want, you want to stay in the game for the 80 minutes. That's why you got um, great finishers as well to come on. Um, and you hope by playing every week, uh, playing these test mm-hmm. matches for the next two weeks, and um, I think there's like a lot more to come next year. Um that you'll be able to stay in these games longer and get get the outcomes when you do play against the tier one teams. And you mentioned earlier when Scott Lawrence reached out to you on LinkedIn and where you had your initial conversation with him, and and comparing that to say the coaches you've played under uh, to the multiple clubs you've been with up in Ireland and England, etc. Uh, what's the difference between Scott Lawrence's approach right now? I know he's he's very it's very important for him to be conditioned or or, or committed to the whole USA Eagles mindset. Um, is that something that's really been pushed hard on you and the rest of the team? Um, yeah, from from the start, uh, what I found was really great was that he he showed us the vision of where he wants to take USA Rugby to, and it showed us what what values 
um, and what what would what's an ideal eagle? What's what's gonna take us there? Basically, the the fundamental parts to our game that's gonna take us to to the next World Cup in Australia and then a home World Cup in 2031. So he laid out our mission, our beliefs, our values, our goals uh, from the outset and spoke about how it's not going to happen overnight. It's not something international level doesn't happen overnight that you suddenly become the best team in the world. Um, But the main thing that Scott has is he's got a vision, he's got a goal, he knows where he wants to take USA Rugby and he's getting the right people around him to help USA Rugby and he's picking, uh, I think it's the the best 32 players um, that America can pick Um, and he's putting people in the right places and helping them and putting in plans to help us go in the right direction Um, so that's been it's been so great that you you know where where USA rugby is going, uh, and you know you have the right person in charge to take us in in that direction to our goals. Um, club rugby can be slightly different because you got time with players every day. You're spending mm. each day in and out with the coaches. You talk about your goals at the start of the season. Oh, we we'd like to finish in the top four. We'd like to win the league this season. Um, but they they can sort of shift, and it's just a, a usually it's just a, a one season thing. Um, you might have a longer term goal of say in five years we want to win the championship, but it's um, it's a bit different in club rugby. It's more year by year. Uh, you build towards that season, um, and then you can change your goals along the way as well. Um, whereas this is a more of a longer term vision and broken down individually about how we're going to get there. Patty, one last thing for you. Before you got that call from Scott, was there ever a thought in your mind that, you know, or a goal that you could possibly be playing on a World Cup team 2027, whatever, because being on an international team is step one, staying on it is step two, and then making the World Cup side is step three. Was that that ever, in your mind, an an attainable goal? Um, Before before Scott called, you you always thought, oh, wow, it would be such a... Such a great achievement and such an honour to to play in a World Cup. Um, but it's hard because you don't know any contacts. You you're not you're not even in the picture at that stage. So you don't you don't really believe it. You don't really think about it too much. Um, mm-hmm. You you watch it on TV. And after spending like the summer with the Eagles, um, and then watching the World Cup, you think, oh, how I'd love to. How I'd love for us to be there in in four years' time and um, representing America on on, uh, on on the World Cup stage and showing what we can do because it, it it hurt a lot of us here um, missing out on that World Cup because people yeah. have put a lot a lot of time and a lot of effort a lot of work over the last four years to get there and then having to watch it from from home is not the same and that probably drives a lot of hunger now for going forward over the next next four years as well uh, i i should ask her but i'm going to ask you instead um your mother must have been so excited for you to, to put on the red white and blue uh, yeah she she was uh <laughs> she, she was delighted as well yeah my whole family were uh delighted my girlfriend's on the call as well <laughs> she, <laughs> she, she she was she was delighted as well um most of it, we as as a family and and all we 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 couldn't really believe it. It happens 
happened so quick. Uh, yeah. When I when I when I first had the call, I I kind of just played it down, you know. Oh, we'll we'll see. We'll see what happens. <laughs> you don't want to you don't want overhype uh, and then get uh, and then get disappointed. But yeah, when when um. Yeah, when I when I had the opportunity to play my first game against Romania, everyone everyone was really happy for me, which is which is great. Well, I bet you know what I'll need to do is um, Paul Mullen's family. He has family in Gloucester, which is the town next to me, and then your family, your mother's in the Boston area. Maybe I should get them all together to watch the match one day soon. See, uh, <laughs> see, yeah. see some good cheering going on. <laughs> yeah, that 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 would be a great idea. We we have. Um, Dylan Fawcett, um, his family, his family are over this weekend from Ireland. My family are over. Uh, Nick McCarty's family are over, and and Luke Carty's family are over as well. So, wow. all all of them have made the trip over from Ireland because obviously it's quite close for us. It's, yeah. it's a, a two two and a half hour flight. Um, so it'd be nice to have um all the families there this weekend supporting us. Of course. Uh, Patty, thank you so much for uh, uh, for giving us your, your time here. I really do appreciate it. A, a, a lot of good information there. Uh, and really looking forward to seeing how you do this this next couple of weeks. No, thank you very much for having me. And and, um, and obviously keep keeping track of me uh, every every game I play. And I, I really appreciate it. Thank you. Of course. It's a lot of fun. Uh, kick some butt out there. Also, good luck with Coventry. Uh, looking forward to seeing. Uh, I'd love to see some of those matches online at some point. But I don't know if they're, if they're actually going to broadcast any of them. Uh, yeah. but looking forward to it perfect well, I'll let you know if they do, uh, I do at the moment I don't think they're broadcasting which is really a pity sometimes they do a few uh, but most of the time it's they don't broadcast which is, is which is a pity it is a pity but it is, it is good to see the uh, um, women's rugby league will be on the TNT over in uh, like one match a week so that's a good thing for them I, I, I hope did we get see that today game. yeah that yeah. will be good all right, Patty. Hey, uh, good luck and uh, have a good evening, and we'll talk again soon. Thank you very much. Have a great evening. You too. Bye-bye. Uh, listeners, thank you so much for tuning in live here on Twitter uh, Spaces or on Facebook and YouTube live streams. Great time. Thanks for listening in. If you missed most of this interview or, or just a little bit, this will be released as a podcast tomorrow on your favorite podcast player. So look out for U.S. Rugby Happy Hour Live podcast. Thanks again for listening in. Have a great day.